Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. We're leaving out the theorizing and exploring this strange phenomenon of being a human and a therapist. I'm Kelly, licensed marriage and family therapist, working in private practice settings as a clinician and a clinical supervisor in the Denver metro area. And I'm Abby. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and the owner of a group practice in the Denver metro area. Kelly and I are both registered play therapists, supervisors, and EMDR certified. So we're both therapists, but this is not therapy. And we're both supervisors, but this is not supervision. This podcast is purely for fun. So for any ethical concerns on your caseload, please refer to your state laws and licensing boards. And please remember to follow The Whole Therapist on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe on your favorite podcast listening station. For more resources, blogs, and consultation opportunities, visit wholetherapistinstitute.com. So come join our conversation while we explore the embodied experience of neuroscience and authenticity in the therapy room. Hi, welcome to the Whole Therapist Podcast. I'm Kelly. And I'm Abby. And we are excited to have you with us today. We're both kind of like nurturing some aches and pains, I think, as we start this. Yeah, we're having this weird thing. I'm having like a, Abby can tell you the word she just came up with. It's a real thing, but I have like pain that's coming from my arm to my hand. I think it's your thoracic inlet, outlet, something in your mid back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can feel it in my neck, but it was like there. And as we've been recording, it's just like <laughs> getting worse and worse. It might be because I'm sitting or. Oh, that could be your posture. Yeah. And I've just got a headache like in my right eye. So I'm kind of winking at Kelly. Just <laughs> kind of like. So this is your disclaimer for our episode. It could be um, a, a wild one, um, but we're happy to be with you. And we're going to talk about touch safe touch in the therapy room. Yeah. With, with both adults and kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so first, you know, depending on what your relationship is with touch, we just offer that you might decide to just take a deep breath. And if you have a place to kind of just settle in as some things might be awakened in you as we talk about this, um, it's also as always totally okay. If you just fully disagree with the approach that Abby and I take with touch. Yeah. I'm so distracted because before recording this, we were talking about smell, which is not the same as touch, but it feels, that's fantastic. I just turned <laughs> off the, the, uh, the light for Abby. <laughs> we're talking about all kinds of sensory things, sight, and on my mind is smell. Kelly was educating me that uh, most of our attraction is based on smell. Yeah. There's no way that's true. I know. Well, there's two things. So I was telling Abby that, <laughs> In my MFT training program, and I, I, I've said this so many times, I'm like, I have to figure out where this is. Or, I mean, for I could just Google it probably, and I never have. But there was two things that in a class I learned is one, it's 90-something percent is actually what we're, we're attracted to somebody's smell. And not like the shampoo they use or their cologne, but it's their actual pheromones of how they smell. Mm. And then I'm sure that you might know this, right? Men unconsciously are attracted to women with certain hip sizes. Hmm. because breeding and like making new life. Um, so Abby was talking about this reality show. Well, we were talking about what we watched last night and <laughs> I was watching Top Gun. Kelly was watching Narnia. And then I was confessing, I'm really into this reality show that many of you probably know love is blind because they meet each other in these pods. And um, the whole idea of love being blind, you can't see one another. 
um, but they build this connection. And there's some ridiculous drama. For those of you who have seen the third season, there's the guy who put eye drops in his eyes to pretend like he was crying. Oh my! I know. <laughs> like, I haven't seen this girl show. dodged a bullet. Anyway, so um, and but it was interesting because the idea that love could be blind but not scentless. Yeah. It sounds like, yeah. right? Yeah, you so would want to So she's telling me these people get married and stay married. And I, yeah. said, I just find that so interesting because even with online dating, I was in the online dating world um, very briefly. And I actually remember one guy who it was like perfect on you know paper. Yeah. We had great conversations. We had really fun dates. We probably saw each other like five times. But every time I was with him, I was like, there's something missing. Like, mm. I don't know. And that's what I connected to. Not that I, by any means, was like, he smells bad. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought that once. But I was like, I don't know why there's not a connection. And mm. I couldn't explain it. You know, I couldn't tell. I was like, I'm just so sorry. There's just yeah. a piece of the puzzle that's missing. And I've been the smell. <laughs> But I think of that when you're really attracted to someone, you almost want to just like smell their whole, like every cell, you know? And so, and I, I don't know what that study says about mothering, but it does make me think about babies, how like their little baby breath and like I, you truly, for those of you that are parents, you want to just eat your kids. It's this very strange feeling. Yeah. Well, not that I'm a parent, but in I feel like there's a couple of years where I was just craving, craving having children. And mm. I do remember being like, I can smell children. <laughs> <laughs> and like being so creepy. And Alex is always like, Kelly, I'm like, I just like, <laughs> do want to eat them. <laughs> they are so yummy. I will say. <laughs> and my three-year-old, I'll tell him, I'm just going to eat you up. And he'll say, mom, no, I'm going to be gone. <laughs> then I'll be gone. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. There's a comedian. I wish I could remember her name. Um, but she does a great comic um, thing on millennials, but I, it might be in that one, but she's like making fun of women and like wanting to eat babies, you know, she's like, <laughs> oh, look at that elbow. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> it is the yummiest. And I think you can say the same about partners. They just start to get like really good smelling and yummy and all those things. And um it's not really related to touch and clients, but maybe the sensory rich ways that we connect. Yeah. Is that our transition? Yeah. I was just thinking that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like we, I mean, that's how you are in relationship with people is through sensory experiences. Yes. Right. So we're talking about smell right now, but this episode is on touch. Yeah. And if we know that the relationship is the most important, mm-hmm. how do we bring touch in? That's how we evolved. Like before the capacity to see before the eyes formed, we felt our way through the earth. Mm-hmm. So I think even evolutionarily wise, um, feeling into our environment and our relationships is so foundational. Yeah. And we all know those attachment studies, like we just die if we're not held. And so why in our field do we sit six feet across from one another and talk? Prior to the pandemic. Oh, okay. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I mean, I just think we're so afraid. And I understand we want to say for safety, Mm -hmm. um, consensual touch is so important. Yes. And we can talk through that. But it's curious to me that we profess we're in a healing field, which could be true. And yet there's this, the wholeness of healing is is touch. I think that's my orientation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually was just at this um, therapist retreat last weekend 
And we was doing all like non-traditional healing ways. And Mm. every single person I was with was touching me. Mm. So I had a person that was doing some like energy healing work. And she frequently like would hold, she would just like hold my feet for a while. Mm -hmm. Or she would just hold my head for a while. Sometimes she'd have like her hand um, right at the top of my bottom and like on my back and just Mm -hmm. keep them there. I had another woman who does like, I'm going to say it wrong, Ayurvedic, mm-hmm. um, Ayurvedic massage. And so she like put oils all over me and like a place that not, doesn't normally have an irregular massage, like on my stomach. Yeah. Um, and then I did another thing called like a cord cutting ceremony. Mm-hmm. And there was lots of touch there. And there was at the end of all of those, just like a long embrace. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of touch in my personal life. I don't need that. And it still felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of a friend similarly who, when I'm talking, they'll just put their hand on my back. And it's so different than other friendships, which are wonderful too. Mm-hmm. But there's not that same energetic focus on like your back heart when yeah. you're saying something. And I think that it's true. Like we don't have to be so starved for touch to also name feels really good to be that connected without words, Mm -hmm. like the massage or the type of modalities you're talking about are wordless. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, we even know in our experience with folks we're working with in the pandemic, um, how many people like needed that. Yeah. In fact, at this retreat, a massage therapist was there not to do massage, but as part of like a person to do the healing work. Mm -hmm. And she said like clients, a month in, we're begging her, like, we don't care about the rules. We don't care about the six feet. Like, I just need yeah. to be touched. Like, please. Yeah. Um, and oh. unfortunately, she's like, I, I will lose. It's not even just our field. It's like these governing bodies. I will lose my entire career. Mm. You know, it's just so sad. I'm thinking of Wally, the movie. I haven't seen it. What? Wally? It's, it's the, it's the you robot, have Disney right? Plus until November 1st. Only a couple more days. <laughs> you need to watch Wally tonight with your Sour Patch ropes. And like, it's real. Okay. It's really good. But um, it's about, oh gosh, it's actually a really profound like kids movie. But there's this kind of post apocalyptic world and the earth has been like so wounded and is not really habitable. And, um, but the image I'm thinking of is, all these people who are, they've not been outside or they're not feeding themselves nourishing food. And they sit in these containers separate from one another, if I'm remembering the scene correctly. And the separateness, like they sit separate and eat and watch TV and they're not connected. Like I think of that more parallel play. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something around that separate containers, like we're all in our own little buckets or I think they're like little space pods that they're kind of in mm-hmm. and we're not feeling and gazing and looking at the other oh. um, is what I'm thinking of when you say we have these governing bodies. So I think of that scene in Wally, like there's this bigger system brokenness that's happened and yet it's the people who suffer. Yes. We're kept separate and we don't have to do that anymore. Right. Um, we, we want to honor like our licensing boards. Um, and I think it's okay to be critical to say, gosh, we really need to make more room for touch. And how do we do that safely and ethically? Um, it's kind of our birthright to connect with others. And there are some people that do, oh, there's this, I think her name is Natalie on, um, on Insta- one of the Instagram pages that we follow. Mm. She's in I, I don't want to get it wrong, but she's in another country. 
Um, and she posts all these videos about that she does all this touch work. Like healing touch. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And you think of things like somatic experiencing and sensory mode. I mean, there's most modalities that are effective have nothing to do with what you're talking about, like yeah. the words. Yeah. But I think our profession is a little behind in that way or got kind of co-opted into this like Western thought um, around privileging the explicit words. Yeah. So we kind of want to talk through um, how our relationship with touch in the therapy room has evolved for us mm-hmm. and maybe some offerings of or like questions that you could all sit with. And we really encourage supervision and consultation around this topic too. Yeah. I guess I what I will say is I definitely didn't touch clients the very first part of my career. And even prior to getting a master's degree, I was still like working within the field. I just didn't touch clients. I actually remember when I was working in home and parents would have new babies and a parent said to me one time, like, I always wonder why you haven't asked to hold my baby. Mm. Um, it just never even occurred to me at mm-hmm. that time. I, mean, I was also like 21 years old. Right. But I just didn't, I, I, I mean, I have to believe at some point, I just like didn't want to touch people I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember when I came out here in Colorado and started working with kids, it was the first time where I had to come up against like, oh, is it okay for a kid to give me a hug? Yeah. You know? Um, and there's so many opinions about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think Theraplay was the first mm-hmm. uh, modality that like gave a lot of permission because that modality is about touch and, and they do do a good job of like, here's how you structure it. Here's the things to be looking out for. If somebody has sexual history, it's still important that they have safe touch experiences, yeah. but here's how we do it. Isn't that so true specifically around um, sexual abuse or sexual reactivity. It's tragic to me that the training is like, so don't touch them Yeah. so often and how incorrect that is Yeah. when like actually the, the clients who have complicated relationships or unsafe relationships with touch need the most safe touch and there's specific training to teach you how to do that. Yeah. Um, but I would agree Theraplay was the first and I got trained in therapy right out of grad school. And so I was so freaked out when I went. I've talked about that. I think in season one, I was so flooded. I was like 22 and just didn't want anyone putting lotion on my goddamn fingers. <laughs> I was like, you're blowing feathers in my face. Stop <laughs> like counting my toes. It just was like I had not done enough of my own work. And I found over the next few years that I would avoid doing the nurture activities Mm. or I'd notice my own discomfort as a mom was feeding um, her kiddo, like the feeding ones. And it's just interesting because 10 years later, it's wildly different now. Those are like my favorite clients. So through my own like mothering as a human, but then my own healing, um, facilitating that dyadic nurture and engagement is so lovely. It's a, it's like a night and day in my body being with people who are offering nurture yes, mm-hmm. and being able to offer nurture. Like if I'm with grief clients, that's so needed this, like, let me hold you consensually. Um, but giving safe touch or sitting next to them on the couch or, um, being able to rub their back or put their hair behind their face as they're crying. I mean, I just think that there's this intuitive offering that I can do so differently now that a few years ago certainly wouldn't have. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and 
I think the piece that you're talking about too is that you feel like very regulated and secure in doing that. And so that sends signals of safety to the client. Yes, sure. If we don't feel secure and regulated around touching, we are going to send unsafe signals to the client. Yeah. And so there's you just there's gonna be have to be various ways. If you're like, oh, maybe I am gonna start thinking about touch, I would first say like let's explore in your own therapy or however you want to move through a healing Mm -hmm. process around your history with touch. Yeah, that's very true. I have found that I, in my own healing, have more areas where I experience safe, loving, consensual touch, right? So whether that's like massage or my own therapist, like offering that, or um, it gets to live in our bodies. We can authentically offer that to clients. I'm really glad you just said that. I actually was like highly adverse to doing any kind of massage for Years. I remember yeah. one time my friend had like scheduled us a massage, the first time ever. I'd never done one. And we were on our way and I just like started crying. I was like, I cannot Aww. do this. I can't go. And so I think the first massage I'd ever gotten was from a friend that was becoming a massage therapist. Mm-hmm. And so that like was like an entry door of like, oh, this feels really good. So mm-hmm. I think I saw her a couple times. And I don't remember when I scheduled my first one with like somebody I just don't know. But I, that must be like a turning point of when... I probably just started having a better relationship with touch. Yeah. Um, and then I was telling you prior to us recording as I was taking the foundational skills with uh, Paris Goodyear Brown's trauma therapy. And they were also talking about how important touch was. And they mm-hmm. do this like camp and they show this video. These kids are really dysregulated. And then when they sit down with their like camp person all the camp people have their hand on the mm. back of these kids. Yeah. And everyone is sitting down and regulated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have noticed that when kids leave my office now, as they're walking out, my hand is on their back. And mm-hmm. I, I'm either it's just sitting there or I am rubbing their back and saying, like, hey, you did such good hard work today. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm saying goodbye to a kid, I might touch their head or their back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think ways to be safe around that, if it's like, I still have this fear response is you put it in your disclosure, yeah. you document more of it. Um, those are all things that like keep us safe around our license. And you get to talk to parents about that too. Like I'll often say like touch is a really important part of the therapy process. Here's what that means. Here's what that doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but please, yeah, seek consultation. I know I find that when you work with little itty bitties, they just sit in your lap. Yeah. I mean, they just like, yeah. And I worked with someone the other day who had like the stinkiest, cutest little feet, Mm -hmm. right? She has to take off her shoes and her socks and is slipping around the sensory swing. And um, those toes are in my face, right? Like we're counting toes and I'm with mom and her. And I just, there's something so, um, the the texture of connection is just so um, detailed when we enter into safe touch and then the healing can really be there. So I think part of the data for me, data over fear years ago, was that if it's true that we're connected anyway, energetically in the betweenness and resonance, um, then I don't have to be afraid of offering safe touch because we're already connected. Yes. And then the sensory piece can bring it more alive, like that safety becomes alive and dynamic. I think one way that I will like make sure that it feels safe in the therapeutic space, whether the kid, I will say, I don't know if I've had I've given adult clients hugs. I've not had an experience yet where I have like sat and like held or been with an adult client. Recently, I've noticed it's came up where I have been like, I think I need to go sit next to this person. 
I think they need to like feel touch. I just haven't done that yet. But with kid clients, especially because I have the sensory stuff in here, like the swing, the ladder, I actually have lots of kids that like to go climb trees. Um, And so I'm constantly like from their ankles to their waist, like I'm picking them up, I'm moving them. And so I'm just saying like, all right, my hand's just going to be right here. Let me know if you need me to move it. My hands are going to be on your ankles. I'm going to go underneath your armpits, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, I just think is, I, I, I'm going to share it anyways. <laughs> I'm thinking about like a gynecologist. Uh huh. And if they're trauma informed, they're really <laughs> yeah. good about like, and here's what's going to happen next. And here's like maybe some pressure and here's what's going to be cold. And they just let you know every step of the way. Right. Um, and I just think that's what we have to do for clients. Yeah. Cause it's the same vulnerability. Like yeah. we're not gynecologists, right? But, but this is like vulnerable territory. Yeah. And I love that image of climbing a tree. It's like, it's so circle of security, right? Yeah. Like, do you got me? Yeah. I'm going up here. Yeah, I've got you. I'm looking back. Okay. I think that's really beautiful. There's something so joyous about joining in with touch too. Um, even for adults, like I think it's only been since my dad has died that I experienced that type of um, like wrecking grief that I can offer like touch to adults now um, or just be really secure in, in asking like they could say no. I've never had someone say no. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. typically like quite strong in my body, the feeling that they might need a supportive hand on their shoulder mm-hmm. or like, could I sit closer to you? Would that be okay? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, so there's something just like not awkward. I'm, I am just an awkward person. And so like, that's just typically a sign of healing. Like, okay, it's not as awkward to just offer, you know? Um, And for kids too. And I think we get to model that for parents. So this isn't an episode on working with parents, though that one is coming. We get to model what it's like to offer safe touch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing even like with a couple, right? You might have your hand on one couple's knee, on one person's knee and your hand on the other person's knee, right? And then checking in and then asking what they like to try and do that for each other. That sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) I don't work with couples. That's so dysregulating for me to imagine. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've had a couple experiences (laughs) with couples where I'm like, what would it be like to like just put your hand on their knee? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also thinking I wouldn't have done this until recently, but Alex doesn't normally, my partner, he doesn't normally get too activated with driving like he doesn't get road rage i do really badly but he was really upset a couple weeks ago and i was like kind of taken back by his dysregulation and i just naturally like was in the passenger seat and like just put my hand Mm -hmm. on his head and his neck and and i could just feel it like and i was like yeah like i had nothing to do with touch but the touch regulates us There's all this research that Theraplay talks about, about how it decreases stress and Mm, um, oxytocin. oxytocin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good example, though. So if you can imagine, even if you're working with someone virtually, I think we talked about this during like the height of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. If you're working with someone to say like, yeah, what would it be like to imagine my hand on your shoulder right now as you're talking? I'm going to put my hand here. Can you put your hand on your own shoulder? Yep to feel me with you kind of thing. Um, Cause I think it's that, it's that question. I think of infants. Is that right? This like, where am I? Where are we? Yes. Oh, I'm right here. Right. So as you're like 
putting your hand on Alex's neck or head, it's that implicit message of like, I'm right here. You're not alone in your dysregulation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what trauma is, is the aloneness. Yeah. So to let someone know, like, I'm right here with you. I want to read. There's a poem by Hafiz, which was a Sufi, Sufi poet from what, like the 14th century? Do you know 13th? No. Anyway, 1300s. That's 14th century, right? I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) It's math. Math, I don't know. But I like this poem. Um, It's called A Great Need. Um, He says, out of a great need, we are all holding hands and climbing. Not loving is a letting go. Listen, the terrain around here is far too dangerous for that. So I'll just read it one more time. Out of a great need, we are all holding hands and climbing. Not loving is a letting go. Listen, the terrain around here is far too dangerous for that. Just kind of around this idea that we're holding hands and climbing and to be with our clients is to hold their hand. Mm-hmm.